Hello everyone, I am Nina Tara, an art psychotherapist, and you are listening to Courageous Arts, A Deeper Dive, episode number four. Well, I have got this wonderful episode for you today. I'm talking to Guy McPherson and you will be able to hear right throughout the interview how excited I am. Um, Guy, I, I kind of found Guy right at the right at the beginning of my training and his podcasts really, really informed a lot of my practice because um, he has great guests and wonderful topics and really takes those sort of dives into what it is to be a practitioner at the early stages of your career. So I am absolutely thrilled to be interviewing him for these podcasts. Um, and as you will hear, we're going to take a deep dive into actually what it means to be uh, a mental health practitioner and actually have um, mental health issues ourselves sometimes, you know, um, and the vulnerability it can bring to us as we're in uh, the beginnings of our career and actually at any point in our career. Um, so have a listen and enjoy and don't forget to rate, review and share the podcast if you think anyone else would benefit from um, listening to it. Um, so yes, enjoy. Hello everybody and I have with me today Guy McPherson. Guy and I, without really knowing it, go back many, many years because I started listening to him when I was at university and we've come somehow complete circle because Guy interviewed me at the beginning of lockdown and then I did a a podcast course with him. He's taught me all the know-hows to get here (laughs) and I'm so grateful Guy and now I'm interviewing Guy. Um, So Let me tell you a little bit about him. Guy, um, PhD, is a husband, a father of two, and holds a doctorate, sorry, I can't even say it because I'm so nervous, in clinical psychology. He has spent the last several years studying the impact of treatment of trauma and early psychosis. In 2014, while working at a clinic in Northern California, assessing and treating young individuals with early psychosis, Guy founded the Trauma Therapist Project with the goals of raising awareness of trauma and creating an educational and supportive community for new trauma workers. The Trauma Therapist Project has now grown to include the Trauma Therapist Podcast, now being listened to in more than 160 countries around the world, as well as the Trauma Therapist 2.2, an online membership community specifically dedicated to educating and inspiring trauma workers, just starting out on their trauma-informed journey as I was when I was studying, and it does the job. So Guy, Guy's focus currently is on creating a vibrant global community to support, educate, and inspire new trauma workers. And as I said, it certainly did um, inspire me, and it's, it still does, because I, I still listen to your podcast, and I will continue to, because you have such wonderful, wonderful guests, and you have so much um, great topics that are covered. So really grateful for that, that work that you've been doing for years. And as you said, in 2014, you've done so much since then. Thanks, Nina. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah, I am. I'm very nervous as well, as I said, because, um, yeah, I'm a big fan. 
<laughs> I'm a big fan of all, all that you do. Um, so, Guy, shall we just dive in? Shall we get right into it? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, can you briefly share a time when you yourself or anyone that you know may have been impacted or just kind of navigated any mental health issues? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, well, okay, should I talk about this one or that one or this one or that one? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, come on. It's my, my, I think uh, the challenge that I've had is with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And that's um, uh, been kind of ongoing. And there, I mean, there've been, you know, multiple times that I can talk about. I guess one of the ones that I was thinking about sharing was, I remember when I was working, I was in school, I was in graduate school and some of the clients that uh, I was working in a school. So I was, I was like a therapist in a school and we were working with a lot of kids and a lot of these young kids, you know, I think it was like fifth grade or sixth grade had some serious issues and it was really impacting me it was getting me very stressed and i was having these kind of weird dreams and bad dreams and feeling very uh unsteady in mentally it was it was intense and one of the things i i i realized that i just had to do was just sit and i'll call it meditate but it wasn't like a formal thing. It was just like sit, maybe I'll call it meditation. It was just being very present and just being present with what was going on with me. And that was very helpful to me. Um, uh, it, it, It gave me a lot of strength to just allow whatever was happening to happen rather than like put up this wall and, 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 and have this defensive wall, you know what I mean? So that, that was one time. Um, so, I mean, I have others I can share, but I'll, I'll, I'll pause there. (laughs) And it's interesting because I don't think people actually appreciate that even as therapists and psychotherapists or any kind of mental health practitioner that we can suffer and be impacted by mental health issues too. And I think it's great that you're sharing that because, um, you know, some of the times we can take these things on and not really understand whether it's ours or whether it's somebody else's. And as you said, sitting in that discomfort allows us to be still. And I think that can work for anyone, whether you're a practitioner or not, just to be sitting in the present moment, because half the time we're in the past or in the future. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And I think, you know, in terms of uh, therapists of, of any kind, being open and honest with themselves and well look i mean a lot of people get into the field in the first place because you know they want to help and they want to yeah for whatever you know there are a lot of definitions under that one word there and oftentimes i think people mistakenly feel that if they're going to enter into this field they can't what they can't have anything kind of wrong with them or be vulnerable in that sense and of course you know, as I've learned really on my podcast, it's, it's the exact almost opposite of that. It's the healing comes in being able to, you know, own and recognize and explore what, you know, we 
have going on with our own selves. And that's obviously going to help in, in the whole healing process, right. With, with someone else too. And that, that was a big learning experience for me. Um, you know, when I first started my own podcast, I was very hesitant about talking a lot about like my, the, the bullying that I'd experienced. I could, I could, I think, talk about it in a kind of uh, superficial way. And by that, I don't mean false, but just on a, on a very topical level, surface level rather. And it got to the point where I was, or when I was able to really uh, do that more fully, I, I, I felt a freedom and a, and a vulnerability that was very freeing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really <clears throat> exactly it. And I'm finding that's true. Like um, in that vulnerability is the strength really, because it offers somebody else a kind of, um, a, a thread to follow because it, you know often we can feel very isolated and feel very scared to share the things but actually when we sort of start sharing and then somebody else says oh gosh that's me as well right. it can actually give you a shelf and sort of a platform to springboard from so definitely and it's that you know when we when 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 we're listening to someone who's open and honest and frank about their own experience and their own insecurities or vulnerabilities that like you're saying that that gives us strength and it, it it just makes us it it makes us connect with that person right it not only i think gives us uh hopefully the strength to also share but it it it, it allows us to connect as a human being mm. um and i think that is one of the things that i love about this medium you know podcasting because uh, I've learned the importance of that, of, of just being or trying to be myself. That's been a learning curve too. You know, like, like you were saying, you know, you're, you're nervous. And of course I was, I, I, I was nervous too. And it gets to the point where you're like, you know, what am I nervous about? Am I nervous about if I'm going to cough or if I'm going to look stupid or blah, 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 blah. And you know, it get for me. It got to the point where, like, I, I, I can't worry about that. You know, so. Yeah, I think we worry about so much as it is, and we, you know, expectations from others and expectations from ourselves can often be the things that create the mental health issues, right? You know, conflicts, and if, as you said, staying present in the moment, some of them can fall away, and um, that can give us space to be able to create change within ourselves. That's brilliant. And actually, you've answered my question about what, you know, what was your springboard to your own development? And that being present is something that's very much so, isn't it? You, you're still doing that. You're still building on that. Still doing that. And also, Nina, one of the things that's really helped me is uh, talking to other people who are on that same journey, you know, because when I first when I first uh, got into graduate school and, you know, I knew I wanted to focus on trauma and, and be a trauma therapist. And my thought was that, okay, what can I take in? What knowledge and information can I take in? I need to take in everything I could. That was what I thought was going to do it for me. And I didn't realize the importance of kind of what we're talking about here is just uh, 
being open. I, I mean, I, I, I got it. I knew the importance of that, but I didn't realize how integral it was to connecting with someone, mm. you know, how uh, vital it was to uh, be able to be myself in, in an exp- and be, have all those facets of being authentic and vulnerable and insecure, or whatever, and being able to be human and make that connection with the person across when I was seeing clients. And uh, that became very powerful for me, you know, and now that I'm able to, to, to do the podcast and talk to amazing people and like you, you have them on my podcast and see that they're also going through that, that very human process. It, it, it just takes the, uh, my walls down. And it's like, okay, we were in this together and this is very humanizing. And to hear, you know, therapist after therapist after therapist come on the podcast and talk about how important it is above all else to be able to forge that human connection, which sounds so simple, but it's, it's can be very challenging because you're dealing with your own stuff, you know? Yeah. And in fact, it makes me think that that's, that's what we're asking our clients to do is be themselves and be vulnerable. Yeah. And so if we can model that as an experience, it's something that we can share together. And absolutely, if we're asking that, we should be able to to be able to give that too. Absolutely. I really love that. It's a really sort of, as you said, human connection, an authentic connection. Right. Um, right. It's a safe connection as well. Yeah. That's yeah. brilliant. Um, so what brought you into this field, um, Guy, where you're working now? You said about um, 2014, but can you take us back a little bit more? Yeah, that that's a good question. And it's it kind of one that, you know, I can answer it one way and that'll keep folding out into many different <laughs> things. Um, you know, in, in one, one way of responding and answering is to, to share an experience I had where um, I had, you know, went to high school and then I went to, uh, uh, art university and then dropped out of there for a year. And then I was playing music for a long time. And then I was writing fiction for a long time. So I was out of school, uh, for like 18 years. And I got to a point where I was writing fiction and I was working on a book that I never got published, but I remember this vividly one day, I was in the in the room that I was in and I had stopped writing for the day and I was just sitting there thinking about what I was going to do and the phone rang and it was a call from a woman that I had previously worked with. Um, I was in Los Angeles at this time, but I had worked with her in San Francisco at a restaurant maybe about three or four years prior. It turned out, Nina, that she was calling all of her friends to let them know that she had AIDS and she'd been living with AIDS for 10 years. And I certainly didn't know that. I think a lot of her other friends didn't know that, but she was basically calling to say goodbye. And I was like, I could not believe that the strength in this woman's voice and the courage in her voice to be able to share this and talk about this. And I hung up the phone and I felt like this ja- fiery javelin through my gut of fear, of um, 
this voice saying, you have to live. That's what it was. It's like, what am I doing with my life? Even though I loved writing fiction, I felt like I wasn't living to the degree that I needed to or wanted to. So I started uh, really kind of confronting a lot of fears I had. And I started taking these adventure trips, going out and doing these mountain climbing things and adventure courses. And one of these uh, trips was a survival course out in the Utah desert. And I had never done anything like this, but I, I needed, I was scared. Yeah. And on, on this trip, one of the uh, participants got really sick and the guides who were amazing, there were three guides and there were like 15 of us participants. The guides really held back and they were really essentially just creating an environment where everyone else, all the participants could help each other. They didn't verbalize this, but this one woman got really sick and um, she started getting delirious and myself and this other person help this person. We carry them. We, we inspire them and encourage them. And that was the moment where I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to help people who are in these dire situations. And so that in short, that was one of the big impetuses for me doing this. It's often big crises like, <clears throat> like yeah. that, that kind of give us the bit, bit of a jolt to, to kind of pivot us. Right. And especially as you were saying, somebody calling up to say that they're going to be dying is nothing bigger than that pivot, really, is there? <laughs> where you confront your own mortality. and Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that was it. I was blown away by that woman's courage to be able to, to share that and talk the way she was over the phone. And at the same time, I was, I think, terrified of my own mortality, too, and thinking, oh, my God, you know, could I ever be that courageous if I had to do that? I didn't know. I didn't know that the answer to that question, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was one of the big things. Um, yeah. So am I right to thinking you also did some bereavement work as well? Did you work? I did actually. Yeah. When I was um, in school, I was uh, part of a palliative care team in um, this was in, in um, Boston at uh, Mass General Hospital. There was a palliative care team and um, I was volunteering for that, which was an amazing experience. Yeah. Is there something that you could share from that experience as we're talking a little bit about confronting our mortality? I, yeah. It, it, we had to go through this uh, training process and the guy who was running this program was amazing. His name was Paul and he was a, um, he had a, he had a PhD in physics and he also was trained as a, um, uh, a clergy. So he had this amazing spiritual and, and scientific yeah. process going on here. And he was just an incredible teacher. One of the things that we had to do was to kind of what we're talking about here is learning how to, to be present. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was, I went up and I was visiting this gentleman who was a veteran and the people that we would were seeing were essentially in hospice. So there was, they were at a stage where there was, they were no longer receiving medical care, mm -hmm. but just kind of palliative or comfort care. And they maybe had months, months to live. And I remember going up to this guy 
and he was in bed and I was sitting beside him and kind of seeing, you know, if he wanted me to read him a book or just to chat. And I remember him talking and he was talking about his own experiences as a, as a veteran and being on a boat and da, 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 da. Meanwhile, while he was sharing this, I was going through my own process. Okay. What should I be doing? I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. Oh, I should be doing this. Maybe I should be sharing some trauma stuff that I'm learning. Blah, 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 blah. And he stopped me, Nina. He said, dude, are you, are you listening? What's going on with you? What did I, he, he called me out. He said, did you hear anything that I just said? And I was, I, I mean, I lied and said, yes, but I didn't. And that was really a wake up call for me about not only the power of, or the necessity of being present, mm -hmm. but how um, people, people need that. They don't want any of that other BS, yeah. you know, can you be here listening and present and hearing and feeling with me? And I was doing none of those things. Yeah. And it's a really difficult thing, isn't it? Death and dying. Um, and it's something that many people fear. And we, as you were saying, fearing our own mortality, but also being alongside somebody who is in that process and actually, you know, kind of breaking it down just reflecting it back to you is can you be with me while I transition right. Right. and that is really not an easy thing to to learn is it it's a matter of because I myself as you know done that, the same work and it's a real real present it's being really really present isn't it in that space yeah and it, it took a lot for me to I mean afterwards uh, I mean, I felt awful. I felt embarrassed. I felt ashamed. And I really had to question my own, uh, you know, motivation for doing that, doing that work and so forth. And it was a huge learning experience for me. Yeah, I think that's the one place that I've learned the most from. And it really informed my practice. Really? About really staying present and really being in the moment and quietening that inner dialogue that sometimes has you going everywhere and worrying about what you're doing. So yeah, I mean, it's a great learning curve, isn't it? Yeah. I, yeah. After that, I felt, you know, I, I mean, I still, I don't think I fully understood. I always felt like I needed to do something mm. right. That, that I needed that there wasn't enough value in just myself you know, and this kind of even gets back to that imposter syndrome too. Mm -hmm. But I think when, when we get to a point where we really truly understand that we are so valuable, just mm -hmm. us as humans and being able to make that human connection, you know, you don't need your, my, my backpack filled with interventions and all these great ideas and all that other stuff, you know, it's being able to being able to be, be present and that that word, you know, we throw that around, but it's such a, a, a chalk-filled, amazing word. But it has so many things in there. Mm -hmm. I think being able to share that space and time and moment and intimacy with someone is can be unforgettable. Yeah, absolutely. Really magnified, um, really magnified relationships in very short spaces of time it can be really, really powerful. Yeah. 
Um, so, Guy, I wanted to ask you, do you have any favourite quotes that you could share? Because I often do share a lot of quotes. And sometimes, as I've said in the other podcast, it can be something that I've read that just manages to catch me on the day that I'm feeling really crap. Yeah. It gives me a bolster. For me, one of them, one of them is it's not what you know, it's who you are. And I love that because that speaks, I think, so uh, poignantly to my own process that I went through, you know, and, you know, I had experienced a time when I was growing up where I felt that, you know, I wasn't smart enough mm-hmm. and I needed, I needed to uh, be smart or show that I was smart or show that I knew something. And when I got to a point where I realized the importance of who I was and, and that, that, and how integral and vital that was, um, which isn't to say, you know, discounting knowledge, but just honoring who I was in, in all forms and quirks and insecurities and so forth. It became very uh, opening for me and freeing in a sense, you know. So that, so I love that quote, and especially within the context of trauma and working with people who've been impacted by trauma and working with, uh, you know, uh, clinicians who are just starting out on their trauma-informed journey. I, I, that that quote is very empowering. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I still haven't let it go. Like, as you said, you know, one of the early podcasts I did was about imposter syndrome, about am I good enough? And especially when you're starting off on this journey, there's so many doubts and questions when you're starting off uh, in your training. Um, First of all, all the knowledge that you have to take in and then in your, you know, if you're doing um, uh, placements and you're you're kind of, you know, and then you can really question yourself. and, And actually, that's the great thing, isn't it? Being present, being in the moment. Um, and as you said, that's such a lovely quote, is not what you know, it's who you are. Mm-hmm. And that really is the sum of everything, isn't it? When we get to that place where we can bring in, as you said, all of the intricacies of who we are and become more congruent. So it's what's on the inner is yep. the same as on the outer. And I don't know the attribution of that. I'll, I'll look that up and see if I can get that because um, I certainly didn't come up with that, but I'll, I'll try to find it. Yeah. it's simple and it's um concise and it really says and that's what i love about quotes is sometimes they can just catch you when you're kind of feeling like you need that little shelf or you need that little boost or you need Mm -hmm. that so yeah quotes for me go a long way and i know they do for many people so um guy i've got a quick fire round of questions because i'm going to introduce a little bit of fun now all right let's (laughs) do it Art therapy and any kind of therapy that I know is about fun. <clears throat> and when we're playing, we we kind of learn the most. And when we're enjoying ourselves, it can be really, really beneficial. So let's take a deeper dive into you. Um, texting or talking? Mm. Ooh, that's hard. Um, <laughs> this is supposed <laughs> to be a quick rapid fire thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm going to say talking. Yeah, <laughs> talking. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have to. <laughs> we have to. Um, your favorite color? Oh man, navy blue. Navy blue is your wearing. Okay, last book you bought or downloaded? 
Um, the last book I bought or downloaded was, um, I think it was, uh, don't quit your date or quit your day job. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. It's this pot. It's by this woman who, um, has this podcast and she's an artist and, um, it's about really kind of empowering creative people to, to do what they do. And I love books and information like that. Yeah. I often find creative people are the ones that struggle. I know I, I have in the past to sort of let go of some of my thinking and kind of be more flexible about what it is I'm doing. So, yeah, so that's quite interesting. Um, would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Every language. Every language. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fill in the blank. My superpower is? Connecting. Ah, yes. Connecting. What's your favorite season? Fall. Fall. Yes, it's really pretty here as well, actually. Even in the garden, the trees are all different colors. It's so beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. Cold. I don't do very well with the cold, but I love the colors. Mm -hmm. um, last question. Slippers yep. or cozy socks? Cozy socks. <laughs> cozy socks. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for sharing um, it's been so lovely, actually. It's been really, really nice to talk to you. Well, likewise. Yeah, you know, as we, as I said, you know, as as practitioners, we can be really vulnerable too, and to to kind of encourage people to take those deeper dives into their own mental health and really be open to seeking support, um, because that's that's really what we want to be encouraging people to do, um, instead of being on their own. So thank you so much, Guy, for sharing this space with me. Really appreciate it. And I'm so, so, I am such a big fangirl. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I'm really, 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 I, you can't see, but I've got a massive smile on my face. So when you're listening to this audio, you won't be able to see it, but I have. So thank you very much, Guy. I appreciate it. It's been, it's been a privilege to come on here and I love what you're doing. Um, and I, I love the angle of this podcast and the, the, you know, the, the fun you're bringing into it and the creativity you're bringing into it. So I wish you uh, a lot of success. Thank you so much, Guy. And before we go, where can people find you? Yep. Uh, the trauma therapist project.com simple. Brilliant. And all your podcasts and everything are all on there. Everything's so, there. Yeah, head over there, guys. You'll be able to see more of Guy's work and listen to a lot of his podcasts. And they are very, very good. So thank you very much, Guy. All right, Nina. Bye. Take care. So could you hear me then? Totally excited. Yep, I'm not going to lie. I was. Um, so it was really lovely to talk to Guy and take the, the kind of dive into being vulnerable and what that feels like. Um, and especially, you know, for any kind of mental health practitioners just starting on their journey, but not only for, for you, but also for anyone, anyone who's, you know, feeling a little bit sort of vulnerable about saying, you know, I kind of need some support. I kind of need some help. Um, and as you know, this is what these podcasts are about, is normalising those conversations and making it okay to ask for help. So I hope you enjoyed that podcast. 
don't forget, as I said, do leave a review because every single little review or rating helps me um, get a little boost and reach more people um, with this with the podcasts. So every little bit helps. And also at the time of this going out, just to let you know, I've also got some workshops coming up. Um, actually, there's one happening this weekend. So if you hear this in time, you can go and log on to my um, website, www.courageousart.co.uk and go and have a look at a fun block printing workshop that I have happening. And you can um, secure your spot for this weekend. Okay, guys, um, I will see you again next week with some more deeper dives. And I hope you are well. All right then, see you later. Bye now.